Welcome, everybody, to the GBO Podcast, where we're talking Gamecock basketball only. Brought to you by Modern Exterminating. We know what bugs you. As always, I'm Sumter. And I'm a happy Bryce. You didn't even let me do the lead-in. That's right. Didn't even let me ask you how you're feeling. Bryce, did you have a happy Thanksgiving? I had a pretty good Thanksgiving. Um, Also... Whatever the sport that we used to cheer for, Carolina football, we're not talking about that anymore. It's basketball season. We need a distraction from football. I mean, we're the Gamecock basketball only podcast, man. We're the perfect distraction. We are the perfect distraction. That's right. You're only getting Gamecock basketball right now. And Bryce, guess what? Guess what? We're winners. The Gamecock men's and women's basketball is currently unbeaten. I think it's one of seven schools, men and women, that it, are undefeated going it's into today. Somebody lost to, it's possible somebody lost tonight, but yeah, as of as of the Notre Dame game win last night, it was it was seven schools. Both programs were unbeaten. Well, let's jump into it. The men they beat. I would call it the name game. It's not like the Notre Dame teams of old, but we beat. An average Notre Dame team, but on paper it looked pretty dang good. Well, yeah, it's the S, it's the SEC ACC challenge, and you know it, we're one to know. It's one nice to know. It's nice to be invited to a challenge. Yes, for the longest time, was it the was I don't even S- know what it was. Was SEC, it the Big Twelve challenge? SEC Big Twelve challenge. We always got left out. Always got left out. We're invited to this. We're one to know. And. It was kind of an interesting start to the game. I think you had a good tweet. If you would have had it on your bingo card of, you know, uh, BBV scoring our first bucket with, what, 13, 14 minutes to go in the first half, you would have won bingo. So, Bryce, question for you. When did somebody on the Gamecocks last night make a shot that wasn't BBV? At what point in the game was that was did it happen for the first time? I had it, I think around a minute after BBV, wasn't it around 12, 13 minutes? What was it? It's like 11, it's like 1050. First over nine minutes. They went over, they started the game and in and played for nine minutes, and BBV made a layup. And that's all that happened. And the only reason we stayed in it is we made our free throws. Made our free throws. Bryce. Who is this team? Who is this team? That's good. It's not like any Gamecock team I've ever seen. So. Ever. 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 It's amazing. It's amazing. We didn't have it. And we went to the line and we buried them. And the Mont Paris and Phoenix, did he just have them shoot 400 free throws each after going 10 to 24 against DePaul? Well, Shooting that many free throws each before the next night would would be difficult. And they shot really well from the line for the next night. The, the DePaul game is an aberration of, of the free throw stats because in the DePaul game, B, BJ Mack got in foul trouble. We played Josh Gray a bunch. They fouled Josh Gray a bunch. And Josh Gray shot a bunch of free throws. And then Josh Gray doesn't play too much in the Notre Dame games. All right. Josh Gray has shot 15 free throws on the season. 
he shot 60% of them in the DuPaul game. Wow. And he only made four of them. He went four. I think he was four for nine. I think, I think that was what it was, but, but like, so part of, part of the bad free throw shooting in the DePaul game was that the wrong guy was getting to the line. But in, in this game, our three best free throw shooters were getting to the line. Jacoby Wright, BJ Mack, Michi Johnson. If, and we, I can't remember the last time against a decent opponent that we shot over 75% from free throw. And we got to the line more than the other team. Yeah. How rare is that? Yeah. Because you remember those years with Frank, we'd go the whole game and go four of nine from free throw, and the other team would be 28 of 35. And you go, do we have players that know how to get to the rim? And this team, they get fouled a lot, and they make buckets. Yeah. Yeah. And they got to the line, and they made free throws. We got off to a slow start. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter because we have the a secret weapon, and it is the three pointer. And the free and the free throw. It's secret weapon. Like that's our like, that's our backup secret weapon. Free oh, <laughs> my bad, my mistake. <laughs> um, even though we only shot seven to twenty five, I think we hit one or two threes around that ten minute mark, and we got back into it, and I think we got up. Was it like 11 to 10 or something like that? Or 14 to 13 and we got the lead back. And they didn't lose the lead until, you know, eight or nine minutes to go in the second half. Yeah. But but the story of this game, can I call it the Michi show? Yes. Yes. That's the story of this game. So really fun. We've been – we're 6-0. And we've been talking a few times. Like we had the big win against Virginia Tech. We've been talking a bunch about this team is deep. It has more players who can score than previous South Carolina teams. And one of the things, especially in that Virginia Tech game, that we've been really pleased about is that Michi didn't have it in the Virginia Tech game, and we can win without him. Well, guess what Michi Johnson reminded us last night? I'm here. When when we don't have it, he can carry us. And boy, did he ever. And you have a game where Miles Studi doesn't have it, can't hit a broadside of a barn, but other people step up. And just when you think, I was like, Mac only has like six or eight points late in the second half. He gets makes big buckets and make big free throws down the stretch. And the, the combo of Mac and Michi really shine. But I think the secret thing that they're not really talking about the secret X factor in that Notre Dame game was our defense was impressive. I think I counted three shot clock violations we held Notre Dame to. The defense was on point. What were your thoughts on the defense of the game? Defense in the first half was really, really good. Um, In addition to having a couple of shot clock violations, we had a lot of possessions where we wore them down for 30 seconds. Got a little unlucky a couple of times in the first half where like they like we played 28 seconds of just lockdown defense. And then on the last swing, they hit a guy that was open for a 30 footer and they made it. But but the defense, the defense was really, really good. And it's what kept us in it in the first half. Even though I think we are down what eight points, we might have got up to 10 for a second. We come back, we roar back. 
And I just, I'm, I'm impressed. I, I, you know, you know me, I like to complain about a lot of things, but I'm starting to run out of things to complain about. And that's a good thing. There's very little to complain about other than the officiating. Like, well, like, the, re- the rest from Phoenix, I think came back out and just wanted to come at us again. There's, there's a run in the second half of the Notre Dame game where they called a foul every time down the court. And then we would get the ball on offense, go back down the court, and the same contact would happen, and they just wouldn't call it. It was, it was terrible. It was, it, it was, it was incredibly horribly officiated. The refs, you need to do better. I know they're listening to the pod. Just do better. Just do better. Yeah, do, do better. Do better. Um, overall. I guess the only thing I can find I'm a little worried about and I want to know more about is Josh Gray's minutes. It's yeah. like he's either in it early on or they don't play him at all. What do you think's going on with Josh Gray's minutes? Well, he's not going to make his free throws if he gets fouled. So that's a liability. They're trusting BBV as that backup, first backup center in the game when Matt goes out. And here's the other thing. With Studi and Zach Davis on this team, We're able to run a four guard that is very effective. One of the bigs, Mac, BBV, or Josh Gray, Paris, Paris runs it with all with, with Paris will run the four guard with any of the three bigs. And then putting Studi or or uh Zach Davis. Yeah, putting Studi or Zach Davis at the four, and then putting in Jacoby, Michi, and Cooper. And that's the best lineup, the best iteration of this lineup. And and Mac's the best of the bigs. And so I'm going to say Mac and four of the five guards. Like, is, is this team's best lineup? And so it it means that the, the big men play less minutes. It means that Josh Gray plays less minutes. It means that Stephen Clark plays less minutes. It means that BBV only plays a few minutes. And, and, the Steven, um, and the Stephen Clark experiment, he just plays four or five minutes in a game and doesn't play again. It's it's not great. But <laughs> as long as we keep winning and the rotations work, I guess we can't complain. Yeah. I have no complaints. I have no complaints. I'm so pumped about this team. Like, people are people are out there trying to find things to complain about, and there's literally nothing to complain about. Because when you win every game you play. Yeah. And speaking of that, so we get the big win over Notre Dame. I think overall it just keeps showing that we can win any way possible. But the game after our game, I had to I have to mention this team. Clemson goes and beats the crap out of at Alabama. Wins at Alabama, the number one scoring team in the nation going into the game. Clemson's good. They're good. They're good. They're, I think on the on, on the preseason pod, I think I said if they can win at if if they can win on at the neutral site against Virginia Tech and win at Clemson, that thirteen and zero is in play. That's still true. 
if they can win at Clemson, but but it's a big if right now. It's it's a it's a massive massive if because this Clemson team is very very good. They shot through the roof on Kim Pump after this Alabama win. They're thirty five, man. Like this is the best Clemson team that Brownells had. I would agree with that. They have depth, and they're the guy outside of Hall. I think it starts with an S, long S last name. He's a big boy too. They and then they got some guards that just knock down the three consistently. Yeah, but we'll talk you know, more we about that. Bryce, yeah, Bryce guess that? what? That we've got some guards that knock down the three consistently too. That, that's right. So but like, I, so we're playing Clemson wins next a week from. We're recording this on Wednesday night. We're playing Clemson a week from today at Clemson, and that this is this is the first real test. Okay, like we're we're gonna see a lot of if, if this team can beat them. I'm just gonna say this: if this team can go into Clemson and beat them, this team can make the NCAA tournament. That would be. I mean, that's gonna be the defining game of the non-conference year. Yes, it's it's absolutely the defining game of the non-conference. If this team can go into Clemson and play them close. This team can be on the bubble, potentially make the NCAA tournament still, definitely be an NIT team, whatever you want to say. Man, I just really don't want, want them to kill us. That would that would be such a uh, j- just like a, a bummer on this fun little start that we've had if they if they just if they just kick the shit out of us. Shouldn't have said that. Um, but uh no, but we'll talk more about that game coming up in our next pod. But uh, we do have George Washington, the rematch, after they beat the crap out of us. What was it like 26 points in, in Washington, D.C.? 24. I think they beat us by 24. And our boy Chicken Hoops, he was there for that, and it was beatdown yeah. city. <laughs> gotta love gotta love scheduling the home and homes against the, against the mid-majors. But hopefully we can – you know, they, they started 5-1, and one, so – They'll be competitive. I think they're in the high 100s, Kim Palm wise. And I think where are we sitting? We sitting around 64. We're in the 60s. We're in the 60s. So I think we peaked at Virginia Tech around 58, and then we played some teams that were lower. Um, when you I say think, high 100s, do you mean good high 100s or bad high 100s? Bad, like around 160 to 180. Okay. Right around there. Um, but it's a big difference. It's a big difference. It's a big difference in quad land. Yes, it is. But uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully we'll take care of business, George Washington. Um, but that's the next game for the men. But overall, thoroughly impressed. Keep winning. And let's see what happens. Build the resume. Let's see what and, happens. And to talk about this game a little bit more, to, to talk about this Notre Dame game a little bit more, yet Notre Dame was is having a down year. It's this They got a new coach. It's his first year. But still, it's ACC team. I mean, Lamont Paris is 2-0 against the ACC right now. Hopefully going to be 3-0 in a week against the ACC. And um, the team didn't have it. They literally didn't make a – they made one shot in the first nine minutes. And And still figured out how to win a game. Not only how to win a game. They wanted. They covered the Kimpom spread. The Kim Kimpom had it as, as us as eleven point favorites, and the, and we won by twelve. And so, like, so and, and Kimpom rewarded us by going up four spots. Thank you, Kimpom. Yes, but just like like it, 
it's just a wonderful thing to watch. Part of it was the free throw shooting. This is a team. This is a team that loses this game they played last night because they shoot 62% from the free throw line in the past. And, but they didn't do that. And we, uh, we expect this team to make two of two free throws when they go to the line now. It depends on the player. Right, everyone outside of Josh Gray, because sometimes they'll go for two for two, and then sometimes it won't hit, it even hit the rim. We've got a few. We've got a few that aren't great. Like, like uh, I know Studi on Notre Dame game missed his first two free throws. So, who's who's our who's our leading free throw shooter right Mac, now? Mac by a long long way. Incorrect. Well, he has the most free throws attempted. He has, he has both the most free throws attempted. He does not – no, he does not have the most free throws attempted. He does not have the most free throws made. Don't Michi. look it up. You're looking at it right now. I'm Don't not. look it up. Michi? Don't look it up. Don't look it up. You're looking at it right now. I see you. I don't know. I, I have it here. I'm, I'm not, okay. All right. not looking at so, it. So, so, anyway, who is the best free throw shooter on this team? It has to be Jacoby Wright, Michi, or BG Mack. It is Jacoby Wright. Bryce, I got a question for you. In the last, all right, I moved. I moved back to Columbia in two thousand and nine. So that's basically half of Darren Horn, all of Frank Martin, and two years of Lamont Paris. Now, in that time, who is the best free throw shooter in the history of the game? In in over that period of time, who is the best free throw shooter? Brendan Williams. Brendan Williams. And everyone else is playing for second. What is honorable what is, mention? Eric Stevenson, but he only missed one free throw all year. Shout out to Eric Stevenson, who sells used cars in West Cologne and West Virginia. I need, to, I need to look up. I forgot about. I forgot about that season. I need to look up his percentage that that year. But all right, Bryn Williams, best free throw shooter. What was the best percentage that he shot? I think Brendan shot 96% that season. 93 in his senior year. Wow. Are you ready for what Jacoby Wright's shooting this year? What's he? I think he's what, 91? 92 and a half. 92 wow. and a half. He is 12 for 13. Shocking. Right? Shocking. Next, BJ Mack, 21 for 24 for 87 and a half percent. Big man points. When is the last time? When is the last time that South Carolina Gamecocks had had two players who combined to essentially, I think it's like 89 and some change, but it probably rounds up to 90%. Two players combining to shoot 90% from the line. I don't think it's ever happened. Yeah. It, it's awesome. And then we got and then Taylon Cooper's 73. Michi, Michi had a bad start to the season, but Michi's a Michi is currently at 69%. He's a better free throw shooter than that. I, I think he's about a 75% guy, is my gonna be my he, guess he for shot, the year. He shot like 85, 90% in uh SEC play last season. What? And so the this team shooting free throws, like it it's just it's just wonderful. They go to the line. We've got three or four guys that go to the line, and it's like, oh, 
We should make both of these. Ain't no thing. Yeah. Now, we also have some guys that aren't doing so well. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a basketball team. Other than, uh, I mean, Miles Studi is shooting 56%. Ooh. Is anyone shooting um, Lakeem Jackson in the 30% range? We have some Lakeem Jackson out there. Josh Gray's 46.7%. He's starting to smell Lakeem Jackson's free throw percentage. Um, uh, Well, Morris Yagusik, Morris Morris Yagusik, we're not going to actually hold him to this, but is 0 for 1. He's shooting 0%. Got to do better. (laughs) Yes. This team's shooting free throws. It, like it, they're doing all these things that that good teams do that win basketball games they shouldn't win. We're gonna name this pod tonight. We make free throws. We make free throws. And we better not jinx us because it will ruin me if we do that. I'm not even worried about that. Although I did drink, I did jinx Mac last night. He got found in the second half. I, our pals Corey and Cal were there, and I turned around to Corey and I'm like. How he was shooting a he was he was shooting one and one, one. and I it. turned around to Corey. I was like, "How awesome is it to have a big man that makes a free throw?" Boom, he missed it. Like <laughs> they gave you crap. I hope they gave you crap. He he gave me a little bit of crap. <laughs> but anyway, this pod is the opposite of the modern exterminating. We know what bugs you. It's always been free throws. Not tonight. Not this week. Sorry. Is anything bugging us? Refs. And yeah, we need to, we need yeah. to find out what the affiliation because I don't I don't think basketball has conference refs. I think they just all get cycled around. It it was really bad. Uh, the, the officiating was really bad in the second half when we were trying to break it open, and every time Notre Dame came down the court, they called a foul. There's like six possessions in a row where they called a foul to the point. Where the crowd, the crowd really wanted to get into the game, and the refs kind of kept them out of it a little bit. And uh, after they called one of the fouls, it, it led to like the under eight minute timeout, and everyone's just standing up, just like this is ridiculous. And there were a couple of Notre Dame fans in our section, and they were literally hiding their their faces in their hands because they didn't want us to make fun of them because they knew how terrible the how like one side of the officiating was it was it was really really bad how many notre dame fans would you think were there would not a lot over not 20 lot. over 20 yeah definitely over 20 but not a lot this was not like it was a really 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 good crowd the crowd and, and, and there 15, were 15,000 sold my guess would have been 12 to 13,000 showed up Is that and, fair to say and um not a ton of Notre Dame fans, which which this is – Notre Dame's absolutely a team in which it, it like, spikes the attendance a little bit and and produces a a not clear stat about, about the attendance numbers. But it was a really great crowd last night, Bryce. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Kind of felt like we were at a women's game. It's funny, Dawn Staley in her press conference today during practice, they're interviewing her, and she was saying that she was thoroughly impressed with the attendance. It she said it felt like a women's game atmosphere. She said that she did. 
And I mean, I think it helped that we had the five dollar ticket cyber, yeah, cyber Monday, Black Friday um deal. Do that every night. Well, it was just a nice combo. I think it was right before exams and another break for the students. So it, it worked out great. Because the students, they you know, they opened up the student section and the lower section, it's always been there, but they moved it to upper deck and it was an overflow land, the students, which was impressive. Oh yeah. Student section, they've actually been on point for basically all of the games this season. There's been lines at the, what is it, the Green Street entrance? Is that what they call it? Yeah. There's, there's been lines at that entrance every time I've been walking in. Oh, also got to talk about something. What's that? Lamont Paris is going to make, is is causing me to have to change my routine. What's that? I didn't get I didn't get to my seat until like the the eighteen minute mark of the first. Of the hey, first well, you didn't you didn't miss any buckets. That, I did from the not. Gamecocks. I did not, but but just like like a lot of traffic. So like, you were like, "What's this traffic? What what are these people here?" We are we are definitely non parking pass people. We we, we I do, used to be until they moved it from the um scan a garage and I walk from the Vista for sure. We don't elect and so we like it we 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 just find a spot in downtown Columbia. Bryce, I was all the way on the other side of the state house. That's how many people were at this game. It was packed. Are you telling me you're a past hunter gatherer? Oh yeah. I was were you at the horseshoe? Were you I was basically at the at horseshoe? The wig. I was basically at the wig. Shout out to the wig. We missed the wig. Yeah. I was I was in I was at Trinity Episcopal is where I was. Like like that's that's where I could find a spot. I'm gonna have to get the games like 20 minutes earlier now. Hey, which is a, a wonderful thing. This is a wonderful thing. So anyway, hopefully we keep that up. But hey, we gotta talk. Let's just switch it over to the women. The women yeah. broke some records this week so we haven't done a pod since um we had the south Dakota, our south dakota game and we did not do we did it last sunday night so we don't have the south dakota game or the mississippi valley state game bryce i owe you an apology Ooh, tell me more okay so on our last pod you said that it was possible that this team could win that this women's team could win a game by a hundred points. That's correct. Is what you said. And I kind of laughed at you a little bit. Right. And I told you, and I told you that the score of that game in order for them to win by a hundred points, it would have to be like 117 to 17, I believe is exactly what I said. And Bryce, they were only like 19 points away from that. <laughs> and I mean, shout out to Cox by 90. We almost, I mean, it was Cox by 80, 82. It was, it literally was close to Cox by 90. I, we should have tweeted him at halftime when they were up 40, when they were up by like 45. We should have tweeted him, hey, Cox by 90, halfway there. <laughs> um, it was impressive holding a team. The team was bad, right? Um, they're like MEAC level. I don't even know what their conference they were in, but 101 to 19. Lowest points we've ever held an opponent to. Um, biggest margin of victory ever in the Colonial Life Arena, but also in the history of Carolina women's basketball. 
Yeah. So, I, like, do we still think this team is better than last year? Well, at this, what point? At what point does this not become a joke and become a real conversation? Well, we struggled a little bit. The South Dakota State early first quarter, we were either down or like only up one. It was a competitive first quarter, but then we took it to them and they stopped scoring because our defense is solid. And but we, you know, we won a game seventy-eight to thirty-eight, which kind of reminded you of the team, the teams of the last couple of years. But then we forgot about that real, real quickly with the Mississippi Valley State game. Um, but the women have couple of games in North Carolina coming up. So we're playing at North Carolina and SEC, ACC women's basketball challenge Thursday night, tomorrow night. And then we play, I think that Sunday at Duke at Cameron Indoor. So it's going to be the, you know, the North Carolina universities. Duke's not ranked, but if you remember a few weeks back, they played and were up late at Stanford and blew that game in overtime. So Duke is competitive. But North Carolina's lost, I think, two games in a row. They've lost a few games, but they're still holding on to rank 24, but it'll still be a competitive game. But I'm curious to see if we can keep up if we play ranked teams and continue to, you know, score 100 points or beat teams by 50-plus points or 40-plus. That's impressive. I'm going to cut you off here. What's that? Women's teams played five games. Okay. In those five games, they're averaging – a hundred points a game. Exactly. They're averaging a hundred point four points per game in those five games. Wow. Forty percent. Forty percent of those games in which they are averaging a hundred points a game are against ranked teams. That's a good stat. <laughs> They're really, really good. Like, like there's nothing else to say. I don't even know. I I don't even know how to bring analysis on this. I I don't I don't like we can't complain about the women. Absolutely not. So I will say this how good this women's team is. First test is coming up. We're we'll probably do a pod Sunday night, December 3rd, and we will discuss how good this women's team is because they're going on the road at North Carolina. They're going on the road at Duke. If they take care of business, like they've been taking care of business, this team is truly for real. And I think the only really test in the non-conference after that is number 12, Utah in the neutral site, um, Connecticut, somewhere in Connecticut game that, that will be the last test. And then, I mean, well, 13, you could be I mean, you, you said the out-of-conference. They also play UConn, but that's in the middle of conference. That's true. That's true. But the yeah. majority of the the early non-con, everything but UConn, they could go 12-0, and 0, and it ain't no thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. They could go 12-0, totally within the cards. For this team going 12 and 0, in which they play number 10, number 14, number 24, number 12, and what's UConn currently ranked? I think they're eight or nine. And number eight. They've lost a few. It's five ranked teams. And and I think we're gonna be favored in all of the games. I think it's fair to say when anyone comes and plays us or we go to play them. They're worried about us. Yeah. 
This team can score. This team is the best offensive team in women's basketball. And shout out to Vegas and these betting lines. I think the women were favored by like 40 points. Like, like it's in hard which to even, game? I think Mississippi Valley State. and They, they doubled, doubled it. it. They were favored by 40 points and they doubled the spread. Oh my God. They doubled the spread. Vegas doesn't know what to do. They don't know what to do. I Are we going to see spreads? Are we going to see spreads at 55, 60 point spreads? Bet the women, baby. Just bet them. <laughs> uh, bet the cocks. But anyway, good week for basketball. I mean, we'll just mention this. The football game, Carolina-Clemson, it was just crap. And I'm glad that we have basketball as the perfect distraction for that whatever that crappy football season. Yeah. I mean, we're the Gamecock basketball-only podcast. I just had to say it. It ruined my weekend. I'm glad that the men's and women's basketball teams can pump me up. I think it ruined everybody's weekend. I I bet it ruined everybody's weekend. But Notre Dame game brought me back a little bit. I think I saw some tweet that says South Carolina owns Notre Dame and men's and women's basketball. We own them. It, It wasn't that. It was maybe Notre Dame should stay, basketball should stay away from Paris. Oh, that's great. I forget who that was. That was really good. All right, Sumter, anything else for this midweek pod edition of the GBO? I'm just, I'm good, man. Like, ain't no thing. No No complaints. complaints. How about this? The the name of this pod is going to be We Make Free Throws, Ain't No Thing. Yeah. We're making free throws, no complaints. It's 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 fantastic. Anyway, thanks for listening to us this week. We'll see us again pretty soon after the next coming upcoming games. Go Cox. GBO out.